Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is an ABC podcast. Good plan, good plan. Who thought of this one? You're listening to the Out of Sanctum podcast. Here is a moment in time in the history of the AFL. In from the side, Houghton. She was surrounded by blue jumpers. Yes, it is. Hello and welcome to the Outer Sanctum. It is a real honour to be with you today. These are strange times. Communities around the world are connected through this moment and it's a moment that really we have no roadmap for. Our beloved game of footy and its people, of course, are no, not immune to the current situation and last night we may have seen the last string of fans entering a stadium to watch footy for what may be a few weeks or maybe a few months. What we know is the footy community is strong. The AFLW community face adversity together all the time. So we are thrilled to be here to speak to you today and to take your calls and your texts. My name is Emma Race and I am your host. And as always, I am joined by my football loving lady friends. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Good morning, Emma Race. I'm Nicole Hayes. And I'm Shelley Ware. And I'm Rana Hussain. Hello, darling girls. It's so nice to see you. It is strange and unusual times and the Outer Sanctum has a really um, amazing community of people and we want to let you know that we would love to hear from you today in these unsettling moments. You can text us on 0437-774-774 or you can call us on 1300 222 Coronavirus is what we're all talking about and it feels weird in a football setting to be talking about that, but it has affected a couple of teams that are playing this weekend. Um, Richmond is the team that you work, you work at the Richmond Footy Club, Rana. What's been happening there? Oh gosh, it's very bizarre and it's it's really full on um, as a footy club to face this. Uh, we have a coronavirus working group who every day meet and get the updates. I mean, the updates are just coming so fast, so you kind of have to be on top of it. Most of us are working from home now. The doors are locked to the outside world, um, really protecting our players uh, it's it's full on, but I think um, one thing that Brendan Gale did say to us is that the AFL and as a club as well uh, is very robust and able to pull through and we have pulled through in so many ways um, before and we will this time as well. So uh, I think we're going to be okay, but we just do have to do everything we can. Shelley, you had some updates from the Melbourne Footy Club. Yeah, well... Most of us are aware that the Melbourne Football Cup have their players in isolation and they can only go home 
um, and then to Casey Fields for training. So it's um, a pretty big deal. But also in the Northern Territory, the grand final is being played today in Tiwi Island and they're asking people to stay home if they've travelled overseas in the last two weeks or if they're feeling sick because it really is a time to protect our elders and vulnerable people. So that's from NFLNT. Lots of updates coming through. Nick, do you have any um, late-breaking updates that you wanted to share with us? I have one from Carlton. Oh, go. So they're, um, they're, they travelled yesterday. My husband is the runner with the Carlton women's team and I said, I kept calling him saying, any updates? Is there anything different and unusual about travelling? They've travelled to Alice Springs and he said, well, the Melbourne team and the Carlton team were in the um, lounge at the same time yes. and they were discouraged from speaking to each other. So wow. I don't know if that was because it's going to be a very fierce competition <laughs> or because they're trying to stop the spread of any kind of viruses. I will up. say I work in the community side of the footy club and so so much of what we do is community engagement and now that's all put on hold and it's quite unsettling and I and I, I'm feeling for everybody, all the clubs really and community organisations who do do that kind of work and our job is to put on academies and clinics and engage with community and right now we're not sure what we're going to be doing. The AFL, so the AFL did say that they weren't going to be having any uh, fans, the fans would be locked out and their, their statement said specifically that the health and safety of fans, players, umpires, officials, partners and communities is the priority so it's important that we take the advice of those that know best and that advice right now is to continue with matches but not to host mass gatherings which can put everyone at risk um yeah so it's interesting clubs are taking their own different extra precautions as well but obviously that's the one that affects the most people in the community and we're seeing lots of people um, who have memberships to their footy clubs asking mm. what do they get for their memberships now so these are other um, interesting times that we will need to interrogate and I think footy clubs will have to get pretty uh, creative with how they can engage with their fans and we're looking to find out how we can best support you as well. Will you be watching your footy team in your footy colours with pies being delivered? <laughs> will you will you sing the song out the window at the end? How are we going to engage with football and with the community? Because we know that the football community is so important as part of the landscape. On today's show, we're going to be catching up with Debbie Lee and we can ask her about that. She's the head of female footy at the Western Bulldogs and she was this week inducted into life membership at the AFL, which is incredibly exciting. Julia Kiera from uh, the Outer Sanctum will be in Alice Springs giving us an update um, before the Melbourne Dees. Braved a plane. She Mm. braved a plane. We can't wait to hear from her and we will be catching up with a Geelong uh, North Melbourne play in just a moment because last night, Friday the 13th, lived up to its reputation. It was a crazy game after a flying start and the most heartbreaking of injuries. Geelong ended up getting defeated by 46 points by the very powerful ruse. There was hardly anyone in the stadium. It was oh so quiet. It's oh so quiet. Based on the advice we've received today, it has been recommended to us that we move to a position where we will be advising against organised, non-essential gatherings of persons of 500 people or greater. So the free kick went straight then to Ivy and thumps it to the hot spot, tracking back, unable to get... Yes, it's a goal to McWilliams. Australian defender last year. She makes it an explosive start for the Cats. 
here tonight. They have made an early statement. Now the Cats are away out of that defensive 50. They've got a two-on-one here. Ivy usually good. Great tackle. Well done. Five goals for this season. A goal-kicking mid. They're invaluable. She got the journey. It was touched right on the goal line. Didn't go through. So the umpire, the band, goal umpire, pulls play on. Crockett grills with a snap. That's going to make the distance. That one does. And the Cats have got the first three. And they are taking it up to the ladder leaders. The Kangaroos to respond here because they're under the pump. Bateman has a player in front of her. It was Humphreys. Took too long. Didn't see her. McWilliams was there. Riddell handballs. Does well. Gives it off to her teammate in Gibson who launches. And she's fired up. That brings them to life, the Kangaroos. Now Emma King too far out to score. This is usually where they kick it to King at the top of the square. So instead she'll go to Garner. And why wouldn't she? Has made no mistake, and the Kangaroos are in front. One-on-one -on -one high ball here, waiting for it to bounce was Bateman. Charging oh. through was Gilroy. Surely that's a free kick by the Irish woman, and it is. Who's there in the pack? Who's waiting at the back? Millie Brown had it, and then Gillespie Jones gives it off to her teammate, and the quick snap from guess who? Jasmine Garner. Gavalis. She's been sniffing around the goals this quarter as well. Gillespie Jones, she shrugs off the tackle, goes for goal. Can they kick another one? The Kangaroos, of course they can. Gillespie Jones, too strong, too good. But an important goal to get the Kangaroos back on track. It was the first goal of their six. She's got her second for the Kangaroos tonight. And again, they'll switch the ball. Grierson. We know she's a lovely user. We'll send it in deep. It's been a bit of the theme of the night. Abitangelo. Long's last goal was at the first minute, in that first minute of that second term. They have not scored since then as the loping Emma King runs into an open goal. They're turning it on in Geelong, other rules. The Cats. And scoreless since before half-time, Joey. Yep. Been a bit of their issue at times this year, the Cats. And the Kangaroos again, Jazzy Garner. Party tricks now. Oh, they're putting on a show. And Jazzy Garner stamps her authority as the best player in the game. She's kicked her third. Oh, thank you, Nick King. That was just delightful. The Roos are looking unstoppable. Emma King was feisty last night. She kicked one goal one. And we are so thrilled to welcome her to the Outer Sanctum. Hello, Emma. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. We are so thrilled to speak to you. It's uncertain and strange times around the world at the moment. How did you feel going into the game last night? The preparation, was it disrupted? Um, it was a little bit different. There was no handshakes as usual in our pre-game. But, um, yeah, it was. I think we found the humour side of it and um, we were practising if we were to celebrate with the crowd and how that looked like. So, yeah, bit of fun. Emma, this is Rana. Um, I'm really interested in how you're feeling about, uh, yeah, playing games with no crowds now. Um, yeah, it's an interesting concept. Um not like the boys were not expecting 86,000 at each game. So a couple of thousand is a little bit different. Um, it was still quite loud, surprisingly, yesterday with a little bit of a crowd. But, um, yeah, it's just disappointing for our supporters that they can't get around us and family and friends alike um, can't be there. But um, we're still going to play the same style of footy and hopefully they can watch it on the TV. Emma, Shelley, we're here. What's your club's lead on the coronavirus at the moment internally? 
yeah, we're just doing taking every precautions. Um, medical staff are on on top of it, and they're just taking any precautions um, with integrating the teams and staff and external people as well, um, and just trying to absolutely no risk into the club and making sure all our teams are fit and firing for the season ahead. Emma Nicole here. In terms of that, are the are the male is the men's team being kept separate from the women's team? Is there you know is that how you're doing like a schedule or something with training? How does it work? Yeah, I think there's a bit of reshuffling um, just to make sure there's no interaction between the different teams. Um, with our women's team, we all work full-time as well, so the amount of people that we're interacting with is is obviously something that they need to be um, aware of as well. And, um, yeah, so I think they just shuffle the schedules around so that we can avoid or minimise the risk at, at all costs. We are speaking with Emma King from the North Melbourne AFLW team. You were so uh, impressive last night. Emma, how does it feel? Where everywhere I go, people are saying North Melbourne are just dominating this year. How do you manage that when people say, you guys have got it in the bag? Um, I think we just take it one game at a time. We know how round might change. Yeah, we just like to focus on the next game and not get ahead of ourselves, but... Um, yeah, I think we're we're going quite strongly, and the good thing is, is like we saw last night, we have multiple goal kickers, so we're not relying on um, any certain players um, to to keep us in the game and stuff like that. So yeah, it's exciting that we're playing team footy. Now, it was an 18-point lead in the second term by Geelong, and then all of a sudden you kicked four goals in a row. What was the turnaround? Um, I think we just we just reset and um, we just went back to our um, one of our staple values and, and that's our pressure and um, we just focused on that and that was our first 10 minutes of the third quarter. We said if we can bring our pressure, that's where we're going to, um, everything falls off that and I think that's exactly what happened. So, um, yeah, just really focused on what we're really good at, which is our pressure, um, our shin bone pressure and, um, <laughs> yeah, it showed on the scoreboard. Uh Rana here again. Uh, there was a bit of talk around Emma Carney and white line fever. And as someone who is <laughs> has never has never crossed a white line, I just want to know a bit about what that feels like. What what does it feel like as a player to cross that white line and go into a completely different headspace? Um, it's a lot different when you're her teammate. Um, <laughs> it's a good thing being her teammate, but she's definitely calmed herself down over the last couple of years, which is nice to see. Um, but yeah, it's just. She, win at all costs, is wildlife fever. So um, nothing gets in her way. And I think she displays that on the field. She goes all the way until that last iron and she makes every tackle count and um, she lets the opposition know about it. Emma Nicole again. Speaking of teammates, Jazzy Garner, um, her game last night was quite extraordinary. She kicked three goals, but she was just in everything. And she's had an amazing season. Um Jazzy's a great player, just you know, no question. But she seems to have taken up a notch this year. What what's going on there? Yeah, I think she's just gotten better and better. And um, every year I've, I've played with her at Collingwood, so it's my fourth year with her, and she's just been under the radar the first couple of seasons. And I think um, she's just having a breakout year, going through the mid. Um, it's different when you're playing forward and mid. Forward, you have a direct opponent on you at all all the time, and then in mid, you can create your own space. So I think she's just got all this luxury and freedom and she's using it to her advantage.
Emma, we saw last night terrible scenes as Nina Morrison went down. She just recovered from an ACL and came back this season. She was playing so well, um, was really dominant in the first half of the uh, the first bit of the game before she went down. It kind of took the wind out of the sails of the Cats, but how does it affect, you know, the opposing team? Well, there's actually a couple of players on our team um, that are quite good friends with I know Daisy Bateman, um, they played state together and it is it's quite upsetting, especially... Nina Morrison is such a um, superstar at only 19 and we know how good she can be. And, yeah, it's just upsetting how it happened. Um, It just buckled underneath her. And, um, yeah, the second one in two years, just devastating to see even the amount we've had just this season as well. So um, it just takes its toll and we we just want the best competitors out there each week. So that's um, probably how it affects everyone and um, we just want the best – yeah – best competition, best league out there. And, it's yeah, it's just heartbreaking to see the young girls. You do want the best competition, the best league. Last year we talked a lot about how the conference system hadn't necessarily served North Melbourne very well. And you guys have done such a great job of just sticking that in your pocket and walking on and being really – and never, no, no one's ever complained about it. Does that motivate you this year to know what you have to do in the conference system to make sure that you're there? Yeah, absolutely. It's- Definitely something in the back of my mind. Um, and probably Scotty Gowan is our coach, the same thing. But, um, yeah, it's, it adds a bit of fuel to the fire, I think. So um, it's definitely something that drives us this year. And we know we know from the get-go what our situation is. And um, you need to finish top three to make finals. Yeah. The One other thing that I saw last night that I need you to confirm or deny is, Kate, is Gillespie Jones and Katie Ashmore. There's some kind of weird salute that they did when a goal was kicked. Do you know what's behind that? Yeah. So um, Gillespie Jones actually graduated from the police academy Thursday night. Oh, and wow. Caitlin Ashmore's brother was in the same mm. squad. So I think that was just, um, they were practicing their salute from the night before. Oh, <laughs> that is actually adorable. You, yeah. You've alluded before to the fact that AFLW players have other jobs, which makes it really hard to quarantine players. I know that, that probably yeah. the men's uh, teams will be locked down a lot more. What's your other job? Um, I uh, work for Metricon Homes as a draftsman. Oh, nice draft. Draftswoman? Draft person. Draft person. <laughs> there we go. We got it. Emma, thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations on the win. We look forward to watching the kangaroos train just roll into finals. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks very much. <laughs> Have a great day. That was Emma King from the North Melbourne Footy Club. We are enjoying getting your messages. Uh, lots of people uh, asking us some questions. Are local girls and boys footy practices being halted from Margin Sorrento? I don't know the answer to that. You will need to. I think it's a case-by-case basis. And from Sean, can you clarify that we'll still be able to see all the AFLW games on TV or streamlined online even though... We can't get to the game. Yes, I can confirm that you will be able to watch them and the um, app is actually really good for the AFLW games. You can watch it wherever you are quarantined, whether you're sitting in your bedroom or sitting in your car, whatever that is. Someone has SMSed in and said, yay, less footy. That's not actually what's happening. (laughs) It's just going to be less people going to the footy. And from Robin of Ramsden Street, she says, I was so excited to be going to Brisbane for the first true doubleheader, but sadly I won't get to witness that moment in person. But these precautions are to protect people like me. Thanks for all the love and support that you're giving from Robin of
of Ramston Street. We appreciate that. Have you got some SMSs there as well, Nicole? We've got some Twitter. We've got some tweets. Jackie has said in her way of coping with the games, uh, not being able to go to the games. There's going to be more tweeting, WhatsApp chat than ever, as she tries to replicate the banter and insights and jokes from all the wonderful women that she sees at the footy. Uh, Kate's going to be uh, donning her saint scarf and her hat, and Pat the dog will be wearing a tiger scarf to keep the room uh, in the lounge balance. So that's that's good to see. Um, and David is going to throw his pie wrapper underneath his couch and drink his beer out of a plastic cup. Love so that. they're oh, embracing hilarious. it. hilarious. We did see a suggestion on Twitter that the AFL should allocate one supporter to be able to go to each game and they would be mic'd up so they can yell out things from the outer like, they've been doing it all day, ump. <laughs> and they can pour all their own Come beers on. and help themselves to pies. <laughs> if you've got any other ideas of how we can keep the outer community up and running during this very strange time. Now, last night, there was actually something that was meant to happen at the Geelong North Melbourne game, which didn't go ahead. There was a plan for a yellow game, which was to raise awareness for endometriosis. And the person behind it was Kat Stanley. She joins us on the line. How are you, Kat? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm really well. Can you tell us about the concept of what was meant to happen last night and why it didn't? Yeah, sure. Uh, so March is Endometriosis Awareness Month, so a month dedicated to raising the platform or awareness of endometriosis. That's because it's a condition that affects one in 10 women. Um, but in Australia and most Western countries, we have a seven to 10 year diagnosis delay. So uh, talking endo and endo help are on a bit of a mission to try and spread some awareness. Um, and we were matched their partners with the CAPS. Um, so they had big messaging up on their big screen and some of the players were wearing yellow laces. Um, we were going to have a big information stand and a whole lot of entertainment that didn't come. But the one thing that was still there, which is because the artist had set it up hours before we had to make the difficult call not to be there, she has crocheted a giant endometrium, which was also yellow, which is the colour <laughs> wow. of endometrium. Um, so we weren't sure whether, I don't know, but we felt like maybe we were making history is it the first time ever that a large endometrium has been in a sports stadium. I don't know the answer, but I feel like it has to be <laughs> a possibility. Um, and yesterday we made the difficult call that we weren't going to go uh, when the Chief Medical Health Officer said that he recommended you know, that we didn't attend gatherings of more than 500 people. Um, I run a support group in Geelong for women with endometriosis and chronic pelvic pain, and a lot of those women have other illnesses as well, and we wanted to sort of be leaders in making that stance of supporting both our own endo and pelvic pain community and the broader community in protecting each other from coronavirus. Well, thanks for making that stand in leadership, Kat. Um, my name's Shelley, and I know what you're talking about with the seven-year diagnosis. I'm a long-time sufferer of endometriosis. It actually took me about 20 years, but every doctor I went to said, no, that's not what you've got, until I finally got to somebody who then told me it was going to be going away when I had a baby. What would be yeah. your advice to women that are trying to get that diagnosis? And are there places we can go where we can get an instant diagnosis like I did when I found the right doctor? Yeah, well, firstly, I'm really sorry that that has been your story. Oh. Um, my advice to any woman is if you've got period pain and your doctor's not listening, you need to keep going to different doctors until you find one that does listen because period pain isn't normal. It doesn't necessarily mean you have endometriosis, but you need to get to the bottom of why that is occurring. Uh, the gold standard for diagnosing endometriosis is actually laparoscopic surgery. However, there are a couple of 
women in Victoria that do their gynecologists as well as, I don't know what the technical term is for people that do ultrasounds, but they do both and so they can actually see it on the ultrasound which can make it easier for the surgeon therefore to know what they're looking for before they go in. Um, I think that's part of the reason that we have the diagnosis delay is that it is hard to diagnose, um, but you know, please, if you are suffering in any way and do have that kind of pain, just keep going until you find the right doctor and get yourself into a good gynecologist. That's great advice, Kat. It's Nicole here. Um, Hi. On on that, there's a, there is that sort of myth around uh, women just having it's just one of those things you just have to suck up. What are yeah. some of the other myths around endometriosis that you'd like to dispel? Oh, well, one of them is um, that having a baby will fix endometriosis. Um, it does not. Endometriosis has no cure. There certainly are some women that find that after they've had a baby, their endo improves. I myself, after I had my children, it got a lot worse and I ended up needing a hysterectomy. Um, another myth is that hysterectomy will cure endometriosis. It once again doesn't. Um, it might reduce some of your heavy bleeding and other symptoms, but we don't have a cure at this point. So... Um, you know, there is no magic thing that we can do to make it go away. Um, but on the other side of that, you can live well with endometriosis. And by that, I mean, if you can get the right multidisciplinary team around you, there are tools and a lot of people that can help you live a better life than with endometriosis. Kat Rana here, just on that and, and the idea of living well with endometriosis, how does that work with women playing sport and, and what was the connection with um, football last night and why did you pick football? Yeah, okay. Um, well, I picked women's football for a few reasons. One is I think, you know, we need to be supporting women in football and I just, um, I said this, I got the uh, opportunity to talk to the players this week and you know, they're making history. They are doing something that didn't even exist when they were little girls. And I just think that's a really incredible thing. And we need to support that and support women in being able to achieve whatever they can. Um, but with chronic pain, uh, it's quite common to take yourself to bed. And, I mean, it's a, a kind of an instinctual reaction to stop everything you're doing. And if you're going through acute pain, that that is the advice for a day or two. But what we actually know is that staying active is really good for your pain, it's good for your body and it's good for your well-being. So we wanted to partner with a sports team as part of that messaging to women that with the right health, you know, talk to your physio and your health professional, but, you know, stay active and keep exercise as part of your life because it's really important. And also, you know, in talking to the team, I wanted um, the cats themselves to learn about the condition and, and it was amazing. They were very engaged in the conversation I was originally going to talk for about five minutes and I think we ended up talking for half an hour. I had so many questions. They were really excited to have me there and it just, I suppose, really brought home to me that what we're doing is the right thing. We need to start this conversation not just about endometriosis but about periods because what we're teaching women in schools is how to not get pregnant but not how to understand their bodies and what is normal and what is not. Kat, it sounds like teaming up with Geelong and getting this information through AFLW clubs is the perfect thing to do. I know you were thwarted last night, but will you be back next year? Because we'd love to support you again. <laughs> uh, look, I hope so. I'm talking to them next week. We're certainly really keen to work with them. We've found them a delight to work with. And like I said, I loved chatting with the players the other night. We had a great conversation. Um, devastated to see the outcome and see what happened to Nina last night. So... I'm really hoping that we'll be back next year and doing something together. 
Well, I love that you're um, demonstrating how the AFLW and the AFL footy platform can be a really great opportunity to give out health um, information for public health. And I think that we're in a time where that's really salient. Thanks for joining us on The Outer Sanctum. Thanks for having me. That was Kat, who was planning the endometriosis game last night. We didn't see it, but perhaps we'll see it next um, next year when Geelong take to their home ground. We've been enjoying getting some of your SMSs, people saying that they've noticed this is a great SMS. I've noticed that singing footy club songs work pretty well for washing your hands. If you're sick of singing happy birthday (laughs) and this one as well, absolutely. I'll be watching my footy team every week on TV in my colours. I almost always have hot dogs for a meal before. (laughs) I love that. They go on to say that they also stockpiling jab donuts. So that's the way one person is coping. We're enjoying getting your uh, celebration, the way that you can celebrate and participate in footy, even if you can't get to the game. Joining us next is Bulldogs legend. Debbie Lee this week. She was awarded AFL Life Membership. She'll join us next on The Outer Sanctum. During the week, we saw something that made us... I'm actually getting goosebumps just thinking about it. It was history that was made, or should that be her story? Debbie Lee, a pioneer of women's football in this country, was awarded life membership to the AFL. It's something we had been waiting to see happen for years. It makes her only the third woman alongside the late Jill Lindsay and former Commissioner Sam Mostyn to receive life membership of the AFL. And we welcome Debbie Lee to the Outer Sanctum. How are you, Deb? Very well. How are you, team? Oh, Deb, we were so pleased to see this. We know that a couple of years ago we saw the criteria for AFL Life membership change and we were all just sitting on the edge of our seats thinking this is the moment they're going to put her in there and Mm. it took a couple more years. Did you get a call or a letter? How did you know it was coming? Yeah, look, um, uh, I was notified just before Christmas. Um, Gil gave me a call, um, surprisingly. I didn't even expect... um, the award, of course, and uh, he just said, you know, we'd be delighted to induct you uh, into the AFL um, life membership. And, um, yeah, I was quite overwhelmed, to be honest. Oh. Well, congratulations. It's Shelley here. We're very, very proud of you <laughs> and well overdue, as Em said. But how does it feel to be a true pioneer of our game in the modern era? Um, look, you know, sort of, it makes me a little bit uncomfortable, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's been so many... Um, great people and great women that have, you know, been on this journey. And I guess um, I, I get real reward just watching the games when I flick them on um, and, and be a part of the Western Bulldogs AFLW team. And I think that's when it really hits home to actually see the, the vastness of how the, the sport has grown. So, um, you know, there was, you know, many, many people have gone through, you know, 20 years ago when no one gave a care about women's mm. football or wanted to talk about it or you were labelled this, that or whatever. So it's great, not just from a football sense, but I think it really has shown what it's done for women in, in, in society. It's Rana here, Debbie. Congratulations. I'm really interested to know what you would say to your 12-year-old self now that this has happened. I'm just, I want to know what little Debbie would be thinking right now. <laughs> Oh, geez. Um, I guess my 12-year-old self, I would say uh, keep striving and keep playing footy if I knew what was going to happen. So, um, you know, it's it's back, but as I said before, you know, a long time ago, it wasn't, uh, you know, I never told anyone I played footy. I hid it from my friends. Um, hear it from my workplace and, you know, really wasn't myself. Um, you know, I pretended that I was someone that I wasn't. 
And it wasn't only, you know, probably 10 years ago that I was able to be myself and really advocate and love the game of footy. So I guess my 12-year-old self, I'd just say, you know, um, it, it will be worth it in the end. Debbie, it's Nicole here. Um, in terms of what the membership means, like, how, does it? do you think it broadens the platform or is it more sort of um, as a kind of it, it has re- wider reach because of it? How can you use that platform? Yeah, look, I think I think the nice thing um, that the award is it's the first award that has been uh, awarded to someone in w- the women's football space. So whilst all the other members, they've predominantly worked in um, male football. Um, so I guess uh, that's a nice thing. And I, and, I, and I guess I hope there's one, you know, some sort of sense that um, whilst the award was awarded to myself, that's great. But um, I hope that, it's, you know, I sort of look at it as it's a reward for award and acknowledgement for all the work that um, people have done within women's football. And it just shows it's another step of the acknowledgement, isn't it, really? Um you know, of women's football, and we're starting to see that more and more and more. But I guess, you know, there's there's been an enormous amount of women that have worked in, in the industry that um, should be able to get life membership, and um, hopefully it opens up the um, opportunities for more women to receive life membership. We're speaking with Debbie Lee, who is the General Manager of Women's Football at the Western Bulldogs, among many other titles. She now is also a life member of the AFL. Deb, when I'm looking at Wikipedia, it says that you started playing footy in 1991. Yes. Were you playing earlier than that? I played um, I played uh, as a child. We just played in the neighbourhood um, and it was just a uh, organisation. We just, we just played generally at the, the local footy ground every Sunday Um my brothers played football, and then uh, I flipped over and found an article in the paper to my delight that there was um, a women's league and started to play in 91 as a 17-year-old at East Brunswick Scorpions, and then as a 19-year-old, I moved across to Sunshine YCW and started my own women's footy team, and then I guess that sort of kicked off the journey. Just started my own women's footy team. <laughs> it just, it rolls off the tongue, just like that's just what you did, and then you've replicated that over time as a player and as a coach. What struck me when you were being inducted into getting life membership is that you're standing up there alongside Jared Ruffhead. Now, I love me some Ruffy. I'm mm-hmm. a Hawthorne supporter from way yes, back I and know. I'll yes, always support him. But he was born in nineteen nine he was born in nineteen eighty seven. When he was four, you were already playing and I think about the pathways that have been afforded to Jared Ruffhead and the pathways that have been afforded to you. And I thought that it was that was kind of the moment that I saw up on stage when I saw you standing up there together as, as people who both work in the game. But it's just taken so much longer for you to receive that recognition. And I know that you've worked really hard and you've got to this point where AFLW has now got a bigger stage. Do you feel like we're going to see change happen quicker and and in a more robust and and in a bigger volume yeah i hope so i I really do um you know i think we've still got a bit of work to go as you guys know um but you know standing up there amongst um those those athletes and and peter jackson i mean um you know he's been in the in the game for enormous amount of time and done some great things so to stand up there with those um types of people was was great and i and i liked it because it was i was different i was different so you know they talked about the the men's game and how many games nathan jones played but they actually talked about um me as a, a, a woman playing the game and and um it was really interesting after i received the award the amount of people that came up and said look i didn't even realize um well done you know it was it, so, so what it did it sort of opened up another um, audience and another mindset for, for, for more people. So that was good for one in the industry. But I guess, um, yeah, well, this takes too long for, for our stuff, doesn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah, um, you know, take, put 
put the award aside, but it just takes far too long, you know, in terms of um, what we're trying to achieve, wh- where we're trying to head to. Um, you know, yes, it's great, the AFLW, we need to always be positive, we need to reflect on the things that we've achieved, but goodness me, we've, we've still got a long way to go in the game, the way we acknowledge people. And, and I think just that equity piece and the equality piece is still, we're still behind. And I think that really needs to... Um, uh, and, and, yeah, it just really needs to be improved um, and work so that women are working in the um, AFL program, all men, um, are given the same opportunities and, and we're not there yet. You mentioned how many women there are who are deserving of this kind of award. Who would you like to see it, see win it next? Oh, wow. Gee, that's a good question. Um Look, there's there's so many people. There's there's people like Jen Cooper, who I think has done an amazing um, role within the um, um, AFLW, but also what she's done in Western Australia. Um, there's so many other people that have, have have done a lot of work in Victoria. Lisa Hardiman, who was um, started the national, virtually started the national championships um, in the early 80s. Um, yeah, there's so many different um, types of people that are deserving of this award. And I guess what, what tends to happen is um, those that have done a lot of work, because they may not be in the sport now, will have the platform of the AFLW they are almost forgotten. Mm. Um, and I think it's really important. And I don't know how we do it, but I think it's, it'd be great if we could just um, acknowledge uh, those group of women who really across the country have enabled us to have this great game for how we see it today. We made a T-shirt and put your name on it. That's one thing we did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to oh, send you one. Love you guys. Love you guys. Fantastic. Great list there, Deb. It's Nicole again. Okay, I'm going to give you a magic wand and you yes. get to do, like you've talked about equity and equality not yeah. being represented. Yeah. What is that first thing, that first really big thing that you want to address? Um, the, the, the to make equity uh, for the women's game. Yeah, yeah, sure. So for me, and I've been advocating this for three years, um, and I will continue to do it, is um, <clears throat> the the pay. So, so what I mean, yes, we talk about the athletes, so we'll put that aside. But um, if you're a female or a male and you work, you decide to work in the AFLW program, you are paid less, irrespective of your um, uh, qualifications, irrespective of your um, uh, yeah, irrespective of your qualifications. So, so what I mean by that, if you're a head physio um, and you choose to work as a male or female in the AFLW program, pro rata, you're not paid the same, and I think that's fundamentally unfair. Absolutely. Okay. So um, there's, there's things that we can do to get better at that. There's an industry mindset. There's a um, soft cap that needs to be looked at. Um, and no one has yet been able to convince me otherwise why uh, people shouldn't be um, receiving the same payment for a role that they're doing. It's just because they're working AFLW that um, they're not getting paid the same. And, and as I said, it's, it's something I'm really passionate about because I just think it's unfair. Yeah. Debbie, we're so pleased to have your voice in the game. Now, you do have a massive game this weekend. The Bulldogs are taking on Frio, but your role is um, greater than just on the field. You're part of the competition committee that um, contributes to feedback to the AFL. How are you handling the current climate of coronavirus at your club? Geez, it's um, unprecedented, isn't it? Mm. It's unbelievable. Um, so I addressed, I addressed the players last night and staff, just to give them an insight into what the club's protocols and the industry protocols and guidelines 
uh, are currently undertaking. Um, and I guess, you know, we're turning up on Sunday um, with no spectators. So um, that will be really interesting. Um, sorry, my four-year-old's just coming here. Uh, <laughs> and I'm just going to... We love, we love multitasking, um, Deb. That's fine. Yeah, so hang on. I, I'm, just, I'm just rolling out through to the, to the lounge room. Oh, um, give him a kiss. Sorry about that. But, um, <laughs> he thinks it's hilarious. He's in his bulldog oh, pyjamas. <laughs> He's still in his bulldog pyjamas. He thinks it's so funny. Oh, bless him. Um, yeah, look. Yeah, so mum life. Um, so, yeah, I guess, you know, some of the, the precautions we've been taking is, you know, not allowing external people come in, um, keeping to football, um, essential football staff, um, the sharing of drink bottles, all that sort of stuff. Um, also, just talking to the players and stuff around symptoms and, and, and the protocols if they do feel that they're having those symptoms, if they've come in contact with anyone that's been um, travelling interstate or internationally. Um, so there's a number of different things. And I guess, uh, you know, you... you you're aimed with this information you're sharing and it can be quite overwhelming for the girls and it wasn't about trying to alarm them or, or scare them it was just trying to position it to, to keep them healthy um, but yeah it's um, it's really it's a really amazing well, not amazing it's just a really different um, situation and who would have thought that our footy clubs um, would have been facing this or our community rather yeah, it's crazy times. The last time I was at the Witten Oval, um, you always get gifts as you're walking into the yeah. Witten Oval. Yeah. And I did get a hand sanitizer with the with the face of a man who offers wheel alignments on it. And <laughs> right. um, so I'm just okay, saying, I, I think you might have a I think you might have a stash of, yeah. um, of hand sanitizer over at the Witten Oval. Yes, you're sitting um, on a gold mine, Deb. We are. We are. We uh, <laughs> we certainly are. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's. It's a really different approach, and um, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's it's a moving beast, as you guys would know. You know, at five, at five o'clock last night, I, I was prepared to tell the players uh, that we would have spectators, and in, within 30 minutes, that had been overturned. So, um, who knows what the what the landscape looks like moving forward. Yeah, well, one thing's, well, is it for sure? You'll be playing Frio. They've probably already hit town. They're, <laughs> yeah, they're, the, yeah. talk, they're the talk of the competition. They're, they've been really solid. It would be a great scalp to get. What are your chances? Yeah, look, um, we've, you know, we, we want the scalp, absolutely. Um, we feel like our footy, I think the last two games, have probably let ourselves down a little bit in terms of how we our, our performance. But I think we've got the ability to turn it around. Um, as we know, we've got 11 new players in the club um, and it's about gelling them. And, and we've got a lot of young players as well. But certainly, um, you know, we've got a plan to, to hit Frio and hopefully uh, we can get the four points. I think it'd be great for our club and great for the girls if we can um, get a win this weekend. Well, everyone will be cheering on their couches. Debbie Lee, thank you so much for joining us today. We are so thrilled and you just lead the way and you lead us and we're so pleased that you've been recognised by the AFL with Life Membership. Hearty congratulations, my friend. Yeah, thank you very much, guys. Thanks a lot. That's Debbie Lee from the Western Bulldogs there. But, I mean, saying the Western Bulldogs, she's been from a lot of different clubs and Mm. she's impacted the game. So um, what a pioneer. What an amazing woman she is. There are some amazing games coming up this weekend. There won't be fans there. But, uh, Nicole, the Lions will be meeting the Pies and... That actually will be a, a significant matchup, I reckon. It will be, uh, and it's a cross-conference match too. So they're always the interesting ones, aren't they? Because you get that opportunity to see what a final might look like. Um, that that's at Hickey Park uh, this afternoon. Look, the Lions will be smarting. They lost to the uh, Frio last week, and that was a big. That would have been a big one for them. Um, and that's they're also on the back of a five-day break, which adds the challenges. 
Pies disposed of the Bulldogs really well last week, um, but and they'll be keen to continue the momentum. Pies are unchanged from last week. Uh, the Lions have uh, Greta Bodie's out, but they've got a, a debutant in um, a debutant in Lucy Bellinger, and uh, she's a South Australian. And what I thought was interesting was Brisbane noted that she is the one thousand four hundred ninety ninth player to debut for Brisbane. So, <laughs> you know why I they would know that stat. because they write everyone's name up and nice. they put their number next to it. Aww. That's why they would know that. Well, I do think maybe uh, I do think Brisbane might get the edge, but we'll have to wait and see. It's oh, going to be a great game. I think it might be the pies. You, you might Ooh, be right. It's maybe. a tough one to call. It I think. is. Uh, Rana St Kilda are meeting your Tigers. They sure are. Look, it's been a frustrating season for the Tigers, uh, and there won't be Katie Brennan again this week. Um, she's out recovering from concussion. Um, and look, I I think at Moorabbin. It's going to be tough for the Tigers, but I'm hoping that um, with three new debutantes, they might be able to bring something new. Uh, uh, Lauren Tessarero's out with illness, although we could see from her Instagram that she's not, in fact, sick at all. Um, but it's just a precaution because she has a housemate who has been overseas. So, uh, look, I don't know about this one. I mean, I think St Kilda have really been showing what they can do and I think they're probably going to roll the Tigers. Mm, well, we'll have to wait and see. I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, the one that's really got my heart is the Ds and the Blues. Shelley, they're our Blues, but we're not there to watch them. But we did send our correspondent, Julia Kiera, is live from Alice Springs. How are you, Jules? I'm well. How are you guys? Well, we're very pleased to hear from you. You made it safely. I saw photos of you swimming in a waterhole. How much football are you going to get to see today in Alice Springs? Well, I think uh, there'll be a a few, few, you know, officials watching. But, yeah, it's a real shame it's closed to spectators. Uh, So I've got a big sporting moral dilemma on because uh, my friend and I who came from Darwin uh, were meeting in the middle to watch our respective teams and I've got a media pass and she doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you have to go there for work. I mean, your hands are tied. (laughs) Test of friendship. (laughs) Or does friendship trump trump it and I just go and watch it at the pub with her? Who knows? That is uh, such a 2020 dilemma, (laughs) I have to say. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It really dates us, doesn't it? Yeah, it does date us. Watch at the pub. What do you think? This is an incredible matchup because the D's are on fire. They've got Sarah Perkins back in the lineup, but I think the Blues are just looking solid across all of their lines. Yeah, they are. They're looking very potent. But look, this game could really shape the top three in Conference B because both teams are coming off wins against expansion sides. They're both sitting at four wins in spots two and three. So whoever wins gets to jump ahead. So it's going to be so competitive tonight. Um, and they both bring in an unchanged lineup to their team, which is unchanged lineup. So it's probably the first time we've seen that in a while. They're looking really settled in their structures and their game style. So I don't know. Like there's a lot on the line here. I, I, I think I'll continue to tip Carlton because I think that they just have so many avenues to go to goal. But they've never played here before and Melbourne have. It's going to be 33 degrees still at 6.30 at night. So that might play into it as well. Hmm. Julia, I just wanted to know, did you wipe your plane seat down or not? It's <laughs> a long pause there. <laughs> there were very few people on my plane, actually, so mm. I had it all to myself. Um, but, yeah, look, it's an interesting time. The, the, the Northern Territory Football League Grand Final is actually on today in Darwin, and that's going ahead with spectators. So it's a funny little moment. But it, see, it does seem 
almost cruel that this game is happening in Alice Springs. We know that Central Australia gets so few opportunities to watch AFLW or AFLM in the flesh. And so for the game to actually be here and local spectators can't come seems perverse. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah, anyway. If but here you, we are. If you are the only person standing in the outer, can you <laughs> please yell out things like, she's been doing it all day, ump? <laughs> Ball, ball, <laughs> all on your own. So, Julia, look around like it's coming from somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, your tip is on the blues. Thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy the warm weather, and we'll see you. We'll see you home soon. All right, thanks, guys. That's the Outer Sanctum's own Julia Kiera, live from Alice Springs. Now, we have been on your radio um, for the last couple of weeks, but next week we're not going anywhere. But you will have to get on to ABC Melbourne Digital and Grandstand Digital so you can listen to us there and we will put all of the details on our socials. Welcome back to the Outer Sanctum. We're enjoying getting your messages. This SMS, hi Outer Sanctum team, I don't understand why the AFL doesn't um, does allow 499 people to attend. <laughs> Just keep it under the 500. And from Lucy Race, who's listening at home and we have quarantined her, you know when she goes to the bathroom at the MCG, she always uses the toilet with the number. There's a number on the yep. toilet door. So she says she's painted a number five on her toilet door so she can support Junior, Aww. who's a Liso Day tonight, which is fantastic. So there's some other games that we should hit before we get out of here. Bulldogs, Dockers, Nick, how do you see that rolling out? Well, it's hard to go past Frio. They're pretty impressive at the moment. They're they're the only team in across both conferences that haven't had a loss. The Bulldogs have only notched up that first win. They've been a bit unlucky a couple of times, but they probably not haven't been playing their best football. They'll want to really uh, change their game, step it up uh, at this point. Um, they've lost so they've lost the four in a, in a row. I don't see anybody beating um, the Frio at the moment. I think that they're just on fire. Um, the Bulldogs do have a debutant in Nell Morris-Dalton and she's coming in for Hannah Scott. So that's, you know, changes, new blood always changes things up a bit. Um, but, and, and for Frio midfielder Bianca Webb and the Mia Ray Clifford have returned to the lineup to replace Roxy Rue, that awesomely mm, named yeah. and superstar that Frio have been, um, has been on, uh, is being rested this week and Lyndall Road. So I think, you know, there's obviously look out for uh, Ellie Blackburn, Izzy Huntington. Um, for the Bulldogs, they'll be stepping up. Cara Bowers uh, will be the big name for Frio. Uh, I have to say, I don't think the Bulldogs have got the legs. Mm, I know. It's a really <laughs> tough one. Whatever they that need means. a win. The Bulldogs need a win. They do need No a matter win. how many legs they yep, have. Yeah. But um, Freo are really tough. Um, but they're just that running travel g- so far. Yeah, they have travelled far, um, but they've, they've just got such a great running game and it's just so clean around the ball. So I think anyone would have a hard time taking them on. And the bull, as I said, the Bulldogs aren't playing their best footy at the moment. Crows will be meeting the Giants. Rana, you took a look at this game. Yeah, look, Adelaide has one of the longest injury lists this season and um, we're still unsure about Erin Phillips. She's uh, got a bit of soreness. Eloise Jones as well with the shoulder. So if they come out, it should be okay for Adelaide. It's kind of a must win for them as well. Um, But they'll need to score inside 50 as much as possible because that is a huge problem for them. Uh, GWS 
really important for them to win this as well. And both sides have been quite patchy. GWS get Alice Parker back as well. Um, Elise. So, sorry. Elise Parker. Yes. I did it, didn't Rana. I? I read, I read the word oh, instead dyslexia. of saying oh, the word. Me too. I You'll do have it all giants on your doorstep. I know, I know, and I know how to say her name too and I just did it. <laughs> I just walked right into it. Look. Both sides of Patchy. Draw off again. No, so she should. Um, but I think Adelaide win this one. Mm, and finally, this is a very interesting one because both these teams really want a win, the Eagles and the Suns, Shelley. They sure do. But West Coast will be looking for that win for sure after a shocker last week against Melbourne. Eagles are struggling to kick those goals and will most likely see a very tired um, goal. Gold Coast Suns who've been travelling. And I think the Suns have an outside chance to play finals, so I think they're going to go hard for Suns for me. But I was just thinking we should tag for Outer Sanctum, everyone on the outer, sitting on their couches, make sure you tag Outer Sanctum, make us part of your community. And if you're feeling a bit anxious and you're really uh, worried about the coronavirus, make sure you reach out to friends and families and loved ones, and we're also here for you. It's so true, Shelley. So you true. can tag us with um, from the outer. That's kind of our hashtag for the season. There's one thing that we saw in Italy overnight. I don't know if you've caught up with it on the social media, but that the social media. Sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> so deserved. Um, so the Itali- a lot of people in Italy are stuck in their houses and they've been quarantined and they had a communal sing-along last night. Take a listen to this. I don't know the song. Is it? Thank you. So it's the extent of my knowledge. It's a jaunty little number. They had their heads out their windows, standing on their balconies. As a at six o'clock, they all had a communal sing. And you know the way that the kind of amphitheatres set up by the way the houses are built there, it really did feed into it. It's not going to be exactly the same. But if your team wins this weekend. What do you think about it? Stick your head out the window, sing the team song. Absolutely. Think about it. I will. Yeah, I'll be That's your standard response, isn't it? <laughs> if we had to, if we had to have a, a song that we all knew in Australia, what would we sing? If we're all quarantined in our homes, I'm thinking, "Don't stand so close to me." <laughs> uh, maybe not the right vibe. That's true. Or maybe I was thinking, "You're the voice." Nice. That's always a nice one. Do you like that? Yeah. So as Shelley said, you can get in touch with us on our socials. We will be manning them or womaning them all weekend to be there for you to have a chat about footy. We'd like to thank Emma King, Catherine Stanley, Debbie Lee, Julia Kira, and our producer Nick for all of the support um, that you've given us. There's only one thing left for us to say and that is... Go, go footy! Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.